You're listening to Super Manager, the podcast for people who manage people and business with ideas, trends, and expert interviews to help you be a super manager. So I used to work for a larger organization as an IT manager, and one of the responsibilities I had to do every year was what was called the risk assessment matrix. And that's where a manager has to go through every possible risk to their department, anything that could go wrong, anything that could happen, and then they had to rate the likelihood of it happening and the severity of damage if it does happen. And then we had to come up with a how do we keep this from happening plan and a disaster recovery plan if it does happen. And we had to do this every year. One of the things on the list that there never really seemed to be a great answer for was losing a key employee. Because the likelihood of it happening, yeah, it could happen. And the severity, it actually could be somewhat severe depending on how much responsibility they have. But when you talked about, obviously, preventative, there are ways you can try to prevent someone from leaving. But if it does happen, there was never really a great answer for that. And managers would always kind of fill in the blanks with, oh, we do regular lunch and learns. We document processes. But we put that down because it looks good on paper. When it really boils down to it and that employee leaves, those lunch and learns that they did or that documentation that they put together often makes very little difference in keeping things from going wrong. So today we're actually gonna be talking about knowledge transfer best practices when you're losing an expert. And I have my team of experts with me. Vicki Wars, Wars Consulting, Human Resources Expert. Sally Bowles, Prefix Technologies, IT for small and medium-sized businesses. Joel Emery, Ignite Strategies, Sales Systems Architect. And Samantha Nay, CN Video, Corporate Video Production. When my dad took his job, he took a job out of college and he retired from that same job. Mm -hmm. When I started my career, five years maybe, now maybe even less than that, does that mean that people can't become experts in what they do in that short of an amount of time? If they do become an expert, what does an organization do when that person is getting ready to leave? Part of the issue, especially with the younger generation, is they cannot afford to stay with a company that is not continually giving them extra training and development. If they stay with a company for more than three years, they're going to lose out on that expertise. They're going to lose out on their marketability. It's kind of the inverse of what we've seen from our parents and even our early careers that you can't stay. Vic, you should have been here for our last conversation. We were talking about continuing education, and that's exactly what we were talking about. Right. How it's sometimes beneficial for someone to leave just to continue training. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest issue with transfer of knowledge is it takes both sides to be mature and open enough to share that. And realizing if you're not sharing all of your knowledge, it could affect your customers. It could affect your reputation. And it's going to slow down the entire office once that person leaves But what? because you're trying to fill it up. So exit interviews are important, but they're really important that both sides are honest. But one of the things there is some people have learned if they share their knowledge, they can be easily replaced. I would have thought that would have been a problem. And I've actually found in working with employees to capture key employees' knowledge or knowledge about key systems, My concern was that people weren't going to want to share. What I found was, typically, experts do want to share, they do want other people to understand their job, because they're in a situation where they can't go on vacation without having their cell phone on, 
because they're the only one that knows how to deal with it. Good point. And when I do run into people that are reluctant to share, you kind of initially think that they want to hoard it to themselves. What I have found to be the case most of the time when you really dig in and you make them share, you get management involved and they have to share, it's more embarrassment that they have processes in place that are a little bit more manual than they've led other people to believe or a little bit less elegant and they didn't want other people to know how they were doing what they were doing. Not because they didn't want to share, but because they were afraid maybe it wasn't ideal. That's a good point. Sam, in your work on this, do you see uh, corporate culture playing a role in how willing people are to share their information? I could imagine an environment in which it's highly competitive, in which people would be more reluctant to share their knowledge versus one that's a very collaborative, team-based organization. Yeah, I mean, obviously I haven't been called in to work with a lot of companies where it's competitive and people are reluctant to share. It's more where it's a necessity, especially like, for example, in IT departments, where somebody will come in and write a custom piece of code, and then once they leave, nobody knows how to support that piece Mm. of code, and somebody's got to learn. I was in a situation with one organization where they had somebody who was retiring who was an expert on a certain system, and he was going through the process of offloading his knowledge onto another employee who was going to kind of step up and take his place after he left. They had me come in and kind of go through the process with them and capture it on video. And it's a good thing because it was a six-month process, and his last week before he retired, I contacted him and said, we've got one module left to capture. And he said, well, we're going to have to do it a little bit differently because the person who I've been working with, she just got promoted to another department, so she's actually not going to be stepping up and taking my place. That was an interesting situation where they chose to offload knowledge transfer from one expert to one employee and then gave that employee a promotion, shooting themselves in the foot. So that 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 gets back to old-fashioned organizational development. When a company has not identified who has the responsibility in the organization and identified it by position, not by person. If somebody is getting ready to get promoted or they are in a position for promotion, you need to identify that. You're gonna be loading them up with information that's not gonna be available to you in your instance. I tend to think a proactive approach is a little bit better. They think they're being proactive because this person is retiring in six months. By proactive, I mean regularly regularly making sure that you're not the only person in the office that knows how to do this, that if there's a process that's important that you've got multiple people that can act as backup. The problem with that is everybody's got to be an expert at something and not everybody can know everything. You don't want to spread people too thin. But there are a lot of people that do like regular lunch and learns where they'll say, okay, who's the expert at this process or at this system or whatever the job is? And they say, you're going to get up and you're going to share that knowledge And once a week or once a month, we're going to do a lunch and learn and we're going to pick a topic. And those are typically what people put in that risk assessment matrix. We do lunch and learns because that is probably your best option if you want to be proactive. The problem with it is that, A, they oftentimes get canceled. Correct. Because the person is too busy because they're the only one that knows how to do this. They don't have time to do it. B, other people don't show up because they don't see the value in it. They don't have the time. And the reason they don't show up is because when they do show up, the expert is talking so far over their head because they've been doing it for so long and it comes so easy for them that the person attending gets lost, doesn't want to admit that they don't understand, mind wanders, they got nothing out of it. 
or they understood it, they walked away and a week later they forgot everything. So they don't really see the benefit of continuing to come to these. So that's what makes it kind I, of a problem. I think that's why lunch and learns get frustrating for employees to go to because it is either over their head or six weeks later, somebody says, oh, yeah. didn't you go to that lunch and learn? And you're like, I, I don't remember any of that. Use it or lose it. Well, yeah. they, don't, they don't typically have a champion. Again, as I was speaking earlier, human resources lost their place at the executive table years ago. And now it is either through the finance department or some other department where human resources... Why the finance department? What is That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen okay. in my life. But anyway. <laughs> I um, see the same thing in marketing. Correct. Uh, the, the IT departments have taken over marketing functions in a lot of companies. Uh, the issue is, is that you have to have a champion of these lunch and learns that has enough stroke within the organization to say we are not having attendees or our instructors are not attending or they can't attend because of the demands on their time or they have an inability to communicate effectively with their audience. Right. They don't know how to train. So what is left is that you really need to have someone that is involved or very much understanding of the adult learning model, right. which is you don't lecture. Right. You have to let them experience what you're trying to convey to them. It's more tactile than it is just a lecture. Right. Tell stories, give examples. Participate. understand, yeah. I was going to say, I think participation is huge. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm surprised I didn't think of this when we started talking about this podcast, but I actually published a, a booklet that can be downloaded online. It's Mastering the Brown Bag Lunch and Learn. And it's oh, for the person giving the lunch and learn, being understanding that people don't know what you're talking about and telling stories, making it easy to prepare. It's not a big ordeal for the person who's giving the lunch and learn. That can actually be downloaded. And when we publish this podcast, we'll include a link on where they can get that. Yeah, please do. A question about knowledge transfer. Is this something that's more relevant or more important in highly technical or engineering sort of fields versus, say, soft skills, whether it's management, leadership, sales, things like that? I think, it's, I think it's across the board. Is yeah. that there are, from a human resources environmental situation, there are past practices that are nowhere in an employee handbook or manual but it's an assumed approach to various things in the organization. It could be even in soft skills that people need to understand where are the landmines, so to speak. If those landmines need to get dug up, well, we need to dig them up. But it can cause a real problem, a discord in the ability to communicate from level to level or among colleagues when someone comes in and they have no respect for what went on before. Mm. Well, and that's a good point. There is a little bit of difference between soft skills and more technical skills. I almost feel like the technical skills are easier to transfer than the soft skills. But I what agree. does happen when your key salesperson or somebody who really knows how to get through a problem, that can be difficult to teach other people. Mm -hmm. That can be a real loss to the company if somebody doesn't learn how to But that's behavioral, that, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, but there's certain soft skill jobs. Marketing, if you were to leave an organization, you take your creative ideas. But knowledge that could be left behind at a company could be 
what's going on with certain customers. Why maybe right. you shouldn't contact right. them for the next three weeks because their dog just had surgery or their daughter's getting married, whatever. Right. Or that even things type. that are as simple as this person prefers to be texted rather than emailed. I was or, just getting you know. ready to say, and oh, they sorry. they also know that you know what that person's never at the office until at least nine o'clock. Don't call them before ten. Those are almost more important than the actual technical skills. Personally, is because anytime a marketing, a salesperson, or even some of your operations people, they've already developed a relationship with your customers, and that relationship yeah. is going to change. So give the company a break and get them at least kind of prepped to take over that and role. And what don't people like? They it, don't like change. It's funny how this oh. conversation goes hand in hand with the one that we just had. And if you haven't listened to the one, it was the one on continuing education and who's responsible. And Joel had brought up the point of some people feel that by giving your employees that additional training, you're making them more marketable to other companies to have them poached. But if and when they do leave, companies need to realize that they have gained experience, they have gained knowledge that is specific to your organization, to mm -hmm. your systems, to your clients, to what goes on. And letting them walk out the door without you keeping that mm -hmm. information is an even bigger loss to the company than just losing the employee. Absolutely. Turnover is a huge cost. Yeah. Huge. Yep. It's, it's a, hidden cost. On both it's ends. A huge That's correct. Cost. On both ends. The training of the new person right. and That's the, correct. the loss of the old. Right. But I think also companies are fooling themselves if they're not prepared for that. There are always going to be certain jobs, no matter what size the company, that a person outgrows. The people in the workforce right now are not afraid of change. They're not afraid of bettering themselves, whether it be their salary, right. their position title. So I think it works hand in hand as if you are gaining this knowledge and training from this company, you owe it to them to leave that behind as you continue on with your well, career whose and whose responsibility grow. is it? I mean, the company the, should take responsibility I for think saying, it's both. before you walk out the door, we need to capture The back company what, needs yeah. to make sure they know it's important, but that employee that's leaving hopefully is thankful enough that they've had the learning and training that they're not going to withhold valuable information. Well, that gets back to probably an earlier podcast and talking respect. about the employee's loyalty to the company. Yeah, we don't have yeah, any yeah. anymore. No. And why is that? It can be there. People really enjoy being connected. They really enjoy a community. They enjoy that being a part of. Companies aren't developing the programs, the involvement within an organization that will bond employees to them so that when they do find a better job, let's bond you yeah. for a loyalty to the company. They still feel a commitment they to the team. They feel a commitment. Yeah. They have friends. They have colleagues they've worked with. Right. They don't want to leave That's them in a point. lurch. So you need to bond them back so that you say, hey, and we hate to see you leave. However, we understand this is for your family, for you. This is for your growth in the future. Let's work out a situation where we can glean from your knowledge and expertise yeah. and wish you well on your way. One of the things that we recommend in a situation like that is first talk to that employee, have a conversation like that, and say, let's talk about some of the things that you do, some of your responsibilities. You also want to notify other people in the department and say, what are some of the things you need this person's help with? Because they may not consider it 
part of their responsibility or realize that they're needed in that capacity. But other people know what they need that person for and what they're going to miss other than just the camaraderie. Come up with that list. The, that's an and act. then you have to prioritize. How important is this? How many other people know how to do it? And then find those real key things that they're going to be leaving with that no one else knows how to do that's very necessary. I love that you brought up that point because oftentimes a manager in a large organization might not realize that Sally's always asked Vicki about how to <laughs> right. do something because she was the expert. Or I've always gone to Joel because I know that he can help me with this. And managers that aren't totally involved may not even be aware. So going to the employees to ask, hey, what is it this person brings to your team is huge. So I'm really glad you brought that up. And then one last thing, kind of going back to the lunch and learns a little bit. One of the things that's become really popular right now that we do for a lot of our clients is we can solve a lot of the lunch and learn issues by simply capturing it on video. If somebody is giving a lunch and learn, a little coaching helps on telling stories and doing a better lunch and learn, but at least capturing it on video so people who feel lost because they don't understand, when they go back and look into it, they can then rewatch what they missed out on because they didn't understand what was going on. And then people who couldn't attend, people who joined the organization after the lunch and learn, after the fact, it's just such an easy thing to do and it's so worthwhile. So that's something that's really recommended to help solve that problem as well. Does anybody have a horror story? I forgot to ask about a horror story for this one. My horror story was when... Let's hear it. ...with working with another IT company. Uh A key employee was becoming stressed, and so they were encouraged to take some time off, kind of look back, de-stress a little bit. They drove up to Chicago, put the company's cell phone in a padded mailer, and mailed it back and just quit. That was the end of it. That was huge. So there was no opportunity for knowledge transfer or figuring out who this employee was working with or... No, the company reached out multiple times. If you're interested in having your Lunch and Learn captured on video or any other kind of knowledge capture, contact me at sam at cn-video.com or call me at 314-843-3663. That's 314-VIDEO-ME. Thanks for listening to Super Manager by CN Video Production. Visit our website at cn-video.com for additional episodes and lots of Super Manager resources. Or give us a call at 314-VIDEO-ME.